It's very interesting that most people don't seem to take sleep very seriously. Hey guys, I'm AJ. I'm Renee. And welcome to TFB Talk Show. So today we're going to do something a bit different. We're going to let the guest for today introduce herself. So she's not other than Shubra. Welcome, Shubra. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, I'm Shubra Vanetti. And I'm a sleep consultant for children and for adults. I'm also a Kanga trainer, which is a postnatal workout exercise for moms, which involves baby wearing. I'm also an Akashic Light Healing Practitioner, which is tapping into the eighth dimension for healing energy on people's medical problems or emotional problems. And I'm also a baby science instructor. So I teach baby sign language to parents with their babies, trying to figure a way to communicate without using words. Yeah, that's me. Hi. <laughs> nice. nice. All right. Okay. So, Shubra, how can rest increase better performance in work? Mm, thank you so much for that question. Yes. Yeah, so, it's very interesting that most people don't seem to take sleep very seriously. And I used to be one of them. Not that I was, you know, always a very big sleep advocate, but I was a very chronic omniac for a very long time. When you have a proper sleep duration as well as depth, so when you say duration, some people need six and a half hours and some people need full eight or sometimes even nine hours, depending on what their body type is. When they get their full nights of sleep consistently, so not just one night and then one night terrible, but consistently, they will feel their body able to retain memory uh, better. So you'll be able to remember things a lot better. You'll be able to cognitively, so doing analytical reasoning, you'll come up with better judgment. Mm-hmm be able to pay attention better. So um, make better decisions. Your mood is better. I mean, I don't need to tell many people out there that if you've had a very terrible night of sleep, you're pretty like an angry, grouchy person the next day, right? It helps with your mood balancing. And I mean, so many other things, right? Digestion. If people are gaining weight, one of the key elements is probably that they're staying up too late and therefore maybe possibly consuming more calories because the more longer that you stay up, the hormones change. So the hormone that makes you feel full actually reduces and the hormone that makes you hungry starts to go up, which is why you start to crave carbs or sugar in the late hours of the evening, which then contribute to weight gain or even acne, so skin. And beauty sleep was really because your skin also is improving when you sleep better. Mm -hmm. So it helps on so many facets of obviously your physical side, but also in terms of your memory, your functioning, your ability to do your work concentration and I mean in just in general like of things like walking around doing exercise and even driving if you're driving mm. uh, sleep is so fundamentally important because if you don't sleep enough you rack up something called sleep debt and mm. then you don't really know when sleep debt sort of comes over you but it can be like a split second when you've, you've sort of lost consciousness but your eyes are open but your brain has switched off because it's just so sleep derived and that's sometimes the leading cause leading cause of accidents so it, it can lead to a lot of not just detrimental effects on your physical body which i can definitely go into it's related to things like stroke alzheimer's diabetes skin conditions you know heart disease i mean it basically depression anxiety all of these things come up in, in very high amounts when you're underslept and that's just the physical and then obviously if you're physically, you know, deprived and also going through issues, it's going to have a ripple effect among the people around you as well. So sleep is so fundamentally important, even though it's one third of our lives, because it's one third of our 
our 24-hour day, but it does so yeah. much. It resets your entire system for the rest of the two-thirds that you're awake for. I think I think we mentioned about sleep debt. It's a very new term. Like I feel that a lot of us, we don't really expect the sleep debt. Like We have financial debt, but we don't really think much about sleep debt. So uh, maybe you can share with us, how can one better manage their sleep? You can normalize your system and it usually takes about four to five days, mm. sometimes seven, depending on the person and also the activities. But one of the ways to maintain very good sleep, so when I say good sleep is, as I said, good amount and good depth of sleep is having the same wake up time and the same sleeping time at night. So if you know your body type, whether you're a night owl, whether you're a regular day person or you're a morning person, mm -hmm. but the three main classifications, if you know your body type, then you should know what time your body should wake up and also go to sleep, right? And if you're a night owl, also what is probably your maximum cutoff because it shouldn't really be 2 a.m., right? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I know when people, oh, I'm a night owl, I only sleep at 2 a.m. No, lay, hello, please, 12, okay, come on. <laughs> you can, 12, my friend, you can. Right. But you want to sleep at exactly the same time every day and you want to wake up exactly at the same time. The brain mm -hmm. likes routine and it will right. set its body clock. And then once it's set the body clock, it sets all your systems in your body to work efficiently that way. Mm -hmm. If you constantly swing, your daily structure, like one day you're sleeping at 10, next day you're sleeping at midnight, next day sleeping at 3 a.m., waking up 7, waking up 6, waking mm. up 5, your body doesn't know when to start switching on certain processes. Right. So it makes it very hard for it to decide, okay, I, I need to you know, reset the digestive system, reset your endocrine system, reset your muscle healing systems, all of that. And it doesn't know what to do. So what it will do is it will prioritize whatever it can, but it will prioritize brain sleep the most. So you tend to do a lot more dream sleep if you are sleep deprived, which is one of the ways to see it is when a person falls asleep instantly when they hit the pillow, that usually is a sign that they're actually sleep deprived. They're not actually getting good quality sleep because you want to drift into sleep. You want 10 to 20 minutes to actually drift into sleep. So one thing is to have set timings of night and morning wake-ups every single day and according to your body type as well. The next thing is to have some form of movement. Now we are creatures that were not built to sit at desks, although that is the current modern way of living. We're not meant to that. We were moving based organisms, right? When we when we evolved or whatever, mm. we were hunter-gatherers. We moved from places to places. We were very physical. We had to forage for food. We had to kill for food. Whatever it was, we were big movers. Right. And now we're very sedentary. We don't really move a lot. We sit in one place and we're like this and like this. Okay? <laughs> Already going to constrict a lot of movement in your body. Imagine the blood flow is just like trying to places because you're sitting like this and like this and there's so much stress and so much cortisol sitting. Mm -hmm. You have to move. You have right. to open up the muscles. You have to move. So going for a walk for 15, 20 minutes. That's it. That's it, guys. 15 mm -hmm. to 20 minutes a day. Usually at peak. So we're talking about between noon to 2 p.m. So I tell a lot of my clients to go post-lunch for like a nice leisurely stroll mm -hmm. around that point. Mm -hmm. And that really, really helps for setting the body clock as well. So that, that can make a huge difference in terms of sleep quality. So just some movement plus in sunshine, like the best combination. And then the biggest thing I would say is really no devices before sleeping. Oh, <gasps> shocker. Okay, no. <laughs> Something that everyone knows but they just don't do, right? They're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know devices are terrible for me. Watching my Korean drama like this and... <laughs>
Sorry, I forgot my favorite. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? This is what it's doing. Even if you have a blue light blocking screen, you know, where you have that thing where you can put the night mode or the yellow mode or yeah. whatever it is, screen, it doesn't actually block out all of the blue light, right? Your eyes are still seeing some form of light. And that's then going to signal the part of the brain, which is your body clock saying, oh, I see light. You must stay awake because clearly there's sun and clearly we must move still. So don't go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And that starts to exhaust your brain because one is going, well, I was, you know, I'm building up all this sleep hormone because we're supposed to end for the day. But now you're telling me that I need to stay awake. Okay, clearly we need to be you know, awake for some movement or some exciting, something must be wrong. So here's some extra cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. It's also the awake hormone. You need cortisol for energy, but it's also too much of it is stressful. Okay. Mm. So, so much stress mm. hormone and then extra on top of that. Oh, you're still awake. Okay. Adrenaline, <laughs> because clearly you must need some more energy to fight whatever you're doing. It doesn't know. It's a primal brain. How does it know? It doesn't know the difference of this bone and not a bear or something. You know what I mean? So it, then what's happening is that you have cortisol and adrenaline that's actually shooting through your body. You're watching. So one, your eyes are drying out because you're not blinking as much, right? So then your eyesight is obviously affected. But then your whole body is basically on this like red alert. Like, okay, when are we ready to shut down? We're ready to shut down. Okay, we're so tired. Mm. Cannot, cannot, cannot. And then it shuts down because it has to. It literally physically has to shut down. But then what it does, it goes into emergency sleep mode. It doesn't really go into like, the, the proper cycles one by one by one because each cycle is designed for some form of betterment of your body so right. stage two which is from stage one is the predominant time we spend 50 percent in stage two which is not even a deep sleep cycle but we spend 50 percent there just to detox the entire system so think of it like a hard drive mm. if you don't delete the files you're just mm. overstuffing the the hard drive right and it's at some point it's just going to conk out yeah. And if you don't have that sleep cycle where you're drifting in from stage one into stage two, where you can detox everything, you can go into deep sleep, which is healing repair of the body, your tissues, your organs. You can go into the dream sleep, which is the brain tissue repairing, repairing of neural pathways. If you don't go into stage two enough where you can detox, then you're depriving yourself of the chance to eliminate things you don't actually need. So those are the main things. Like definitely switch off the device at least I say two hours before. Okay, one, one, one. Meet me halfway. One hour before. But switch off device. Okay. That means computer, TV, phone. What is my life? Read a book. <laughs> read a book. It's okay. Yellow light, read book. No problem. It's fine. Pages are no Kindle. No Kindle fire, please. No. And you can read some of that. You know, like, you can read 20 minutes of that before you go to bed. Mm -hmm. Not right before. Not like Harry Potter or some really like... <laughs> history novel no 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 we don't know extra stimulation before bed you want to make going to bed really boring in a way so that your brain gets more and more tired and it falls right. asleep mm. so it easily has a nice routine so having a nice ritual before bed which is you know 20 minutes of maybe writing what you need to do the next day so that you're not thinking mm. and you're lying there oh my god i need to do that i need to do that i need to no don't do that write it down my friend it's okay pen paper you know fine it's okay. We can go back to that. Get whiteboard if you want to be, I don't know, chalkboard. But you, you can write things down. Then you can do your usual toilet stuff. So if you want to shower, showers are great. Warm showers in the night is great for relaxing the muscles. Right. Then you get into bed, just do some breathing. Just like, you know, 
breathing in and breathing out a few times really slowly helps to calm the entire nervous system then lie down and hopefully you're drifting off into sleep in like the next 20 minutes and it should be that it should take about 10 to 20 minutes to drift off to sleep so those are the kind of steps that I really really try to recommend to people those are my free tips that I usually offer as well it's very very simple same wake up same going to bed sunshine a walk you know 15 20 minutes in the middle of the day switching off your mobile all your devices and then having a one hour wind down ritual so that you go into bed nice and easily as well what are the ways to cope work burnout some of the things is really of resting of the central nervous system okay because we're obviously using a lot of our brain power we're using a lot of our thinking power to to do work and so when everything is on heightened alert, you, you also feel that obviously the stress is there in your system, right? Because you're just right. going, 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 going. So I really recommend for, for some of my clients, every hour if you put an alarm on your phone, mm-hmm. uh, for one minute you close your eyes and you just sit and breathe for one minute. It will, one, it will reduce the, the stress of the nervous system because one, you're, you're stopping all sensory input and you're focusing on the breath. So you're... Mm-hmm. Your forebrain has something to concentrate on. The brain can only do one thing at one time. Huh? It, cannot, it cannot do two things at one time. You feel hungry or you feel sleepy. You can feel both, sure, but your brain will prioritize one. It will only think one thought at a time. You cannot think you're happy and sad. You will always choose one over the other. You may feel bittersweet, but one is overpowering the other. Yep. So it's the same way as well. When you're working and then you close your eyes, though you've closed your eyes, your ears are still working, obviously, and your breathing is still working. So your senses are alive, but if you give your brain something to concentrate, which is the in and out of your breath, then it will shut down all the other chatter that's going on, all the other thinking, oh my God, what about that deadline? Oh my God, what about that idea? That was a terrible idea. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we should do this. How about we call that? But all of that, it just goes quiet because it's only going in and out and in and out. And just for one minute, every hour of the working day, so that's already like, Let's say you work almost 10 to 15 hours. An average work day in Asia is about 10 hours, right? If you go from a 9 to 7 or whatever mm. it is. So at least you get 10 minutes in total where you've mm. quietened your mind, you've reset, and then you can focus again. So just one minute at the hour, just breathing and focusing on the in and out and really focusing on the in and out because very easily the brain wants to go back into oh, but then let's have to do this and then do this. And this. Very easy, yeah? Control, Brian, brain, please. Come on. You can. You can do this. You can. That will help with the burnout. That's one. Two, mm. must drink water. So many people aren't drinking enough water because we almost forget. So while you're doing the one minute, just before that, take a sip of water. After you finish the water, take another sip of water and then go back to work. At least then you'll be drinking. If you can drink a whole glass, even better. Mm. hydration is so key for detoxing and flushing out things in our body and the last thing i would say is brain food now brain food is things obviously that look like the brain like walnuts eating walnuts but also because there are certain good fats that are there whether it's olive oil coconut oil or avocados certain fish also have you know when you have omega-3s those are really really good the oils and they have these certain fats help with the building and the plasticity of the neural pathways so it helps the brain seal these pathways a bit better which is why you want to eat these kind of food 
So having more of that food will also help. Of course, if you're stealing better neural pathways, you're less burnout because you're actually able to focus and do your work better. But you need to rest, you need to hydrate, and then you need to eat the right food. If you're going to eat more sugar, that's just going to make you hyper and then crash after that. If you're going to eat more bread or more carbs, I should say, then you're getting energy, but you're not burning enough. You're not actually like running a race to burn the amount of carbohydrates that you're going to eat. You just feel sleepy after that yeah. instead. Mm-hmm. So eating the right foods that's good for your brain is very important. Of course, you do need some carbohydrates. I'm not saying cancer, but just don't eat like huge amounts of carbohydrates. In one of my podcasts, which I would love to tell you about a little bit, one of my interviewees, Catherine Ku, who's a nutritional therapist, she gave me this, this measurement. She said, your carbs should be basically just one fistful. But your vegetables should be three fistfuls. And then your protein should be one and a half. And that should be one meal. So you use your own fist to determine. So the the rice or the pasta, the bread should be only this much. Your protein should be this plus a half. And then your vegetable content should be three of them. Oh my goodness. I think my brain is fried from all your sharing. It's just like a new revelation, you know, as you know what I mean? Because I think the reason why is that because as freelancers, you know, we are very different from employees whereby they have a, you know, a routine every day. So I think they don't really have much thinking. But then when you're a freelancer or whether you're a business owner, you have to take charge and there's a lot of discipline. Yeah. And, and from work is, is really one, one part of it. And then now you have to do sleep as well. So mm. it's a whole another ball game altogether. Scheduling your time is your best friend. <laughs> it's also enemy because most freelancers don't do it <laughs> that I am yeah my own time to whatever I feel in my heart now comes to get no friend <laughs> you do that and you're just not gonna rest at all and you need to rest like the moment that you get sick with a cold why does your body feel so tired because it's trying to activate your immune system and beat the virus out of your system right. which is why you feel more tired and more sleepier when you're ill so imagine if that's when you're ill, when you're well, then your immune system is trying constantly to fight every single virus it comes into contact. And you need good sleep to build up a very strong immunity to then make sure that these things don't, you know, like it's not like you walk into a room where one person is sick and if your immune system is terrible, you will get sick immediately, right? And if you're not sleeping well, that's usually chances are if you're not sleeping well, that's why you're catching colds or you're catching viruses and bacteria very easily because you're not resting well enough to build that, that army, that immune system army. So it's very important for freelancers that, you know, as jobs come in, whenever they come, you suddenly go, oh, jobs. Okay, all hands on deck. Work, 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 work burn. Okay, now rest. Yeah. Yes, it's a process <laughs> that some people do. Have I done it? Absolutely, absolutely. Do I agree with it? No, not really in the long run. In the long run, it's not actually healthy. As a young 20-year-old, yeah, you probably could push through 10 years of doing that. But when you hit 30s, you realize that it's like a hangover effect the next day. You're like, oh my God, two days just to recover from this or three days. Because then there's other things that happen after that, right? You when you're sleep deprived and you've been going on for so long, what happens is when you're so sleep deprived, you, all your body has to start relaxing so much. So your tongue relaxes so much that it blocks your airway. And then you start becoming a snorer. We, we don't want to get to a point that we build up so much that we then incur health problems in the next decade going forward. Because then what's going to happen is that then you have to rely on medication just to come to a a state of homeostasis or your state of balance in your body. And, and that's not good because these accumulate, right? 
the, the snoring can accumulate to things like heart attacks, strokes, you know, all of those kind of things can come up, blood pressure, cholesterol, blah, blah, blah. The, it, it's related to everything. So good sleep is really good health. And as freelancers, because we have the blessing to have our own, you know, to choose our own timings, our own projects mm-hmm. and our thing, we have also the opportunity to choose our schedule very wisely. The only problem is, humans are lazy i know that it's shocking right no it's true i i know because i'm lazy one too right i so that's why i want to work from home no but (laughs) it's easier sometimes to go to work because then you're just like i just follow easy not to think just go do come back when you're a freelancer it's actually harder work because you have to be so disciplined and usually we are sometimes the laziest people. We can choose to wake up at 10, 11, right? Yay! Which means then we can sleep at 2 to 3 a.m. Yay! It's not exactly the healthiest lifestyle. It should be that you choose your own lifestyle for sure, but try to maintain good timing. So you're sleeping at least by midnight, you know, 11.30 if you can, waking up by 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. And it takes time. It takes time to sometimes reverse it. I'm not asking that I can do it in one day. It may take 40 days. It takes 40 days for a human, an adult human to learn a new habit. If you're going to change your schedule, be kind to yourself. Don't be like, oh, today I did, then yesterday, today it didn't work. No, it takes, takes time, lah, friend. Yeah. 40 days, okay? <laughs> slowly. Wow. If you're waking up at 10 in the morning, start waking up at 9, you know, slowly. And then go to bed one hour earlier and then allow your body to adjust there for two weeks. Then bring it a bit earlier, that kind of thing. It won't easily go from, a, you know, if you've been sleeping at 2, you can't go straight to a 10 p.m. bedtime. Impossible. You're just lying there for four hours. It's ridiculous. So you need to progressively bring yourself earlier. Like maybe midnight. You know, midnight you could probably manage, but not 10. Just now you mentioned you advise your clients to walk during lunchtime. So yeah. there are some people, okay, like for me, I love to walk or I do my runs in the morning. Does it help as well? Yes. As long as you're stretching. I would say if you're a morning person who wakes up so for people like 5 a.m.ers right 5 a.m club they wake up they tend to like to go running immediately but you shouldn't one because the muscles tend to be very not very loose first thing in the morning when you wake up yeah Mm. they're quite tight because you've been sleeping and you need a little bit of movement to stretch them out first so for 5 a.m club or people who like to run in the morning try to give at least one hour of awake time first before you decide to go running Mm. and make sure you stretch and hydrate before you do that Right. Yeah, just just so, and it's fine if you want to do that. The only thing I would say is that for people who like to exercise later in the day because mm-hmm. they can't find time. Now, if you exercise, especially if you do things like weight training, cardio, you're going to bring in some adrenaline into your system. So exercising at like eight in the night, when that is circulating through your system, is not going to help you fall asleep. Or deep quality sleep at 10.30 or 11 o'clock. That's going to circulate in your body. So please don't exercise at the end of the day, in the night, when your body cannot necessarily calm down and go to sleep. It will help to fall asleep. Don't get me wrong. You're tiring the body. You're fatiguing the body so it gets tired. Yes. Mm. Deep quality sleep, not really. It's like people who drink alcohol and then fall asleep. Same thing. You get tired, but you don't have deep quality rest. You need the stage 3, 4 and REM sleep to have proper deep quality rest. So don't sabotage your sleep 
by doing it so close to bedtime. I would say if you're doing evening stuff, so you're working out at 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock is the maximum cutoff. The only people who can do some base movement in the evenings are night owls. And that's because of their hormones are probably more active also later in the day. But even then, it's like, you do yoga. You're not doing anything else. You know, you're not doing a full-on like, oh, let's do weight training at 8 p.m. in the night. No, no, you're not. <laughs> Please. Uh, before we, we let you go, maybe Shuba, you can share with our viewers and listeners where can they connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I have I have a website, like most people do. It's called S Family Wellness. So S for sugar, family as in family, wellness, all in one word, dot com. You can find me on Instagram and on Facebook as Shubra Sleep Solutions. Now, Shubra, which I know is very complicated to spell, is S-H-U-B for Bombay, H-R-A, that's my name, and then sleep as in sleeping, and then solutions as in solutions. So Shubra Sleep Solutions. And I also have a podcast, which is Shift with Shubra. Shift as in, you know, mind shifts. Shift with Shubra, my name again, S-H-U-B-H-R-A. And in the podcast, we also talk to different wellness experts. I think I'm getting sleep researcher, like an actual sleep researcher on the podcast very soon to talk about adult sleep, about how sleep works and how it affects, you know, brain health in terms of your mood imbalances, your digestive processes, things like that. And yeah, I do sleep consultancy as well as talks, but I do mainly one-on-one sleep consultancies for people as well to get their sleep tailored for themselves to get their sleep back on track. Thank you so much, Shubra, with us. I think the both of us, we've learned a lot and hopefully all those who are viewing and listening would also benefit from this episode. For those of you who enjoy our content, do follow us on our social media platform at The Freelancers Academy on YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, LinkedIn, as well as Telegram. <laughs>